0: Hey guys, welcome to the show this week. It's good to be with you as always. This is your host Hunter McWaters, and today I have kind of a unique uh, guest. He's a little bit outside of the the kind of realm of Western hunting, uh, but you know, big time outdoorsman. Uh, He's involved in outdoor TV and uh, kind of known for doing uh, unique, interesting, different uh, types of hunts. Which, um, in some ways, makes him a little controversial. Some people, you know, don't really like that he does that stuff. Um, you know, I think it's kind of cool as long as you're operating, you know, ethically and within the law. Um, I think there's nothing wrong with with doing unique stuff, and um, so it's a it's a cool conversation. You know, I found my guest today by a friend of mine who. Um, sent me a post that he made on social media uh, about a hunt he did where he actually used an old Native American technique, but he actually used a taxidermied mule deer head and put it, you know, like on his head and used that to stalk in and and, and, uh, and kill a mule deer. So, um, you know, he, he's kind of known for stuff like that. Um, you know, that makes him a little polarizing. My friend who sent me the post, you know, was didn't, he was not a fan. Um, I, my reaction was, I thought it was kind of cool, but, um, anyway, so either way you slice it, he's an interesting guy. Um, he's a, he's a believer. He's a, you know, experienced. He's, he's, um, an entrepreneur. He's, you know, been involved in launching several companies and continues to do so. And, um, Just a pretty cool, interesting guy, and uh, so anyway, my guest today, his name is Matt Busbis, so, um, you know, I don't know if you've heard of him or not, but uh, like I said, he can be polarizing, but I've come to know him, Um, he's kind of become a friend of mine, and uh, I think he's a good guy, Uh, and uh, yeah, so this is a great conversation, and I hope you enjoy it, Um, you know. There's a lot to be said about kind of walking your own way and doing your own thing, and uh, he's got a very clear vision for his life, as you'll see in the episode, and and uh, he's uh, unapologetic about about kind of doing his thing. So enjoy the episode, guys. Um, I'll remind you again. You know, if you want to uh, grab some gear or join Go Hunt, use that code Quest. You know, you can also use that code at Heather's Choice, Initial Ascent, uh, and other places down below. So you can see it in the description field, and that does help me out and help the show out. So enjoy this episode with Matt, and I'll see you on the next one. Alright, so yeah, welcome to the Hunter's Quest Podcast. I'm here with Matt Busbis. How you doing, brother?
1: I am good. Hunter, is that how you came up with the name, Hunter's Quest Podcast? Yeah, the Hunter's
0: Quest. Yeah, that's my name. It's my destiny.
1: Marketing (laughs) genius, everybody. This (laughs) dude comes up with his podcast name and he names it after himself. You're like... (laughs) no that's it's the it's characters. the
0: archetypal hunter it's the hunter's quest
1: Oh. not just hunter. my quest oh uh, okay i was gonna say that's the first thing i don't like in the hunting industry is whenever you see the somebody comes out with their new brand or company and it's their their freaking name yeah like yeah i just always i'm a young boy always like it rubbed me wrong like Why do they need their name to be their company? Why don't they come up with a cool name of their company and let that be the name? Or they just want to like promote themselves? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I'm I'm trigger happy today, Hunter. You You got that right. Day.
0: You got that like Southern, Baptisty, self-deprecating thing deep buried deep in you.
1: Oh, dude, (laughs) I'm in the Bible Belt. You know, religion messed me up growing up, man. You ever? Not to get into spiritual stuff, but real quick we'll No, talk. that's one of the themes
0: of the podcast. I'm glad you're uh, jumping in.
1: What? Well, oh, uh, so this is a this is a secular or a Christian podcast. Let me know how I can well, speak th- real quick.
0: If you if you had done your research and looked me up on Instagram, you would see my bio. It says <laughs> it says uh spirit it says hunting, spiritual formation and fitness is the
1: themes. I must have lost you at hunting. So I apologize. <laughs> I didn't I don't I have a very sh- short attention span. So here's a spiritual thing before we talk, Connie. You know, you grow up as a kid, and uh, for me, all I did was look at adults. You know, like, oh, who's got their stuff together? Oh, that aunt and uncle, they go to Catholic church. They got a good family. They're happy. But wait, Mm -hmm. that aunt and uncle, they're good. They're Methodists. I like them. And then my parents, they're Baptists. Uh, You know, they're okay, too. And then my grandfather's Jewish and then my grandmother's Pentecostal. And then all of a sudden I'm sitting there measuring Mm. uh, people and what they're the fruits of their life. I'm trying to figure out, like, what do I want to be based upon people? And now I just tell everybody now that I'm a grown arse man, I'm a grown man. (laughs) I say, do not worry about religion. It messed me up. Worry about a relationship with God that you go get on your own. Don't, yep. you're not going to be able to get it from your aunt and uncle. You're not going to be able right. to get one from your best friend that you feel is more spiritually inept. You're mm-hmm. not going to get it from anybody. You can't buy it from any, from anybody. So go get your own relationship because if you believe that two rocks hit on outer space and big bang and formed humans and animals, you are an idiot. <laughs> who, who can believe that two yeah. rocks went bam and for me with eyeballs (laughs) and you that is telling your brain yeah it is ridiculous that atheists believe that there isn't a creator it's so much more easy to understand that there's a super omni unbelievable higher power that created the most complex beings with the most complex dna so i'm done with the spiritual talk no, nah,
0: I mean, dude, you got it you nailed it. I mean, religion is man, right? Man is flawed. It's gonna be messed up. Um, but you know, God is separate and even like even like a jellyfish, which is like the most basic creature on earth is still like so complex i had a hey, don't
1: make fun of jellyfish (laughs) i'm I'm a i'm a basic white girl i'm drinking a pumpkin spice latte (laughs) right now don't make fun of basic creatures
0: no but seriously i mean i even had a a secular biology teacher in middle school that said like the chances of like the world being created on accident through the big bang was like a tornado going through a junkyard and creating a fully functioning Boeing 747.
1: It's impossible. It yeah. takes far more faith to be an atheist than yeah. to be a Christian. It doesn't take much to just say logically common sense. Yeah. This is some complex stuff that was created. This isn't a matter of dust collecting, forming into rocks, and big banging into existence. It's impossible. Anyway, let's go to hunting. And, uh, you know, I'll talk spiritual stuff uh, for hours. So let's Yeah, we'll come back to that maybe. But I do
0: want to hear. Okay. So I found you. By one of my friends um, who was like, Look at this dude. And he sent me the post about you strapping on a mule deer, taxidermied mule deer head, and going out and kill a mule deer. And like my reaction was like, Whoa, that's cool. Like I want to get this dude on the podcast. His reaction was more like, Look at this guy. He's like ruining hunting or something. So, but just before we get into that specific story, which I do want to hear you're more tr- you're about.
1: You're triggering me early here, man. <laughs> you know how to trigger me. Yep. I'm telling you.
0: Before we get into that specifically, I do want to hear just like a little bit of background on you, who you are, where you come from, who's your mama, as you told me, as you asked me earlier, that kind of stuff, just for people who might not know about you.
1: All right. Uh, so born in Louisiana, uh, went to LSU, go Tigers uh, kind of thing, national championship my senior year, by the way, when Nick Saban was our coach and Alabama stole him. Anyway... Uh, <laughs> I, uh, we started our making deer feed in college. Uh, Speaking of LSU, we were in Louisiana making deer feed. My brother invented a protein. Speaking of fitness, my brother's a big fitness guy like you, loves a gym. I hate a gym. So he was taking supplements and protein and then he made a deer feed block with a bunch of protein and fiber Mm -hmm. and fat that are going to, you know, bulk up our deer for the deer that we aren't shooting whenever it comes up to eat it. We want to have healthy, nutritional supplemental feed going into the deer to see them get bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. So he invented this rice crispy treat for deer that was loaded (laughs) for protein, uh, with protein. And we were trying to launch a company and I was helping during college and we did, I mean, he launched it and I joined in and, uh, we never looked back and look, uh, wild game
0: innovations.
1: Yeah. That became wild game innovations. And, uh, I got yeah, some of that, your
0: trail cams around here
1: somewhere. Well, you know, that's what really kind of, you know, now that I look back and I know God is real, you know, as a college guy, high school guy, I think I was just a lukewarm kind of guy. Like didn't know if I like God or not. Love, Like I love God, but I didn't know what a real relationship was. But right. now that I look back, I see God's fingerprints all over it. He blessed us because we work hard. We, you know, we speaking of who I am, we come from a family that is addicted to work, addicted, workaholic family. And Mm. that, that a lot of people don't like that because they're like, you don't really live life and enjoy life. We actually enjoy life when we're working, right? That's if you are doing work. You
0: love it's it's
1: well, that that's a, that's a bonus whenever you can do that. But my dad worked really hard in trucking. My grandfathers were very hardworking. Uh, the, the women in our family worked hard raising, Kids and they don't. We don't have I a lot of. I bet you were work. a
0: handful as a child.
1: Oh, dude, dude! I, <laughs> I I have been to the principal's office many a times. Out of school suspensions, you name it. I've, I've yeah. done some weird stuff, and uh, we don't want to go into that. uh But it was funny stuff. That's the thing. I yeah. I've always you know, always kind of kept like I've rode the edge all my life of being mm-hmm. like you know kind of funny but kind of weird and likable but not likable that's where i live right on the edge but uh so long story short i helped my brother and my dad with that you know that we grew this company wild game innovations god blessed it and we ended up you know starting at zero next thing you know we're doing over a hundred million in sales a year and uh it was it was blessed but the thing was we got into other arenas and uh and and so I might want to say this real quick is that everything about my career in hunting is why maybe that buddy, the reason why you asked this question is that your buddy said, Hey, this dude wearing a, uh a, a mule deer head. Uh, he's kind of weird, you know, he's might be ruining hunting or something or, you know, whatever. He made a bad comment. I think he told me, yeah. before we hopped on this podcast. So your buddy, is saying that I'm, I'm, I'm trying to ruin hunting. So here I am thinking, well, how do I respond to that? I wrote down a list of eight things that uh, might trigger people about Matt Busbis because all they really know about me is Wild Game Innovations, the company that my family and I grew. Uh-huh. We ended up uh, having Barnett crossbows and now my oh, brother nice. has it. Uh, and so...
0: My wife has I'm, a Barnett. Oh.
1: Uh, your wife does?
0: Yeah, I got. She kind of wanted to get into hunting a little bit. And so I did some research and yeah, picked up a uh, Barnett uh, crossbow for her.
1: Well, we appreciate your business. My brother now owns Barnett with cool. David Barnett, the original. His David Barnett's grandfather started the company mm. in the 50s. Wow. Or in the 60s. And now my brother owns it with David Barnett, a third generation. So cool. if you have any, if you have any, uh, Questions about it or anything. We know a little bit about that company. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Let me see. I want to quickly read off a list that. So what he
0: actually was alluding to was like, he was basically saying that you were just doing crazy stuff just to get like notoriety or likes or whatever. And like, he's like, what's the difference between like this dude and um, you know, a girl shaking her booty or whatever. Like where's the line? Okay. And, uh, my buddy's yeah, going to know question. who he is when I'm saying, and you, you know, you know, I love you, man, but, um, I'm here I am with Matt and I'm having this conversation. So well,
1: let's hear it. This, what's your, what's your friend's name? Again? I'm not going to drop his name on, uh, on... <laughs> Yeah, because the troll. ain't want to ever come out and talk in person. I'm messing. I'm messing around. Nah, he's here, a
0: good guy. He's a good guy.
1: Yeah. I, I hear you. And th- th- here's the thing. Whenever you're, a, uh, whenever you become, uh, you get a relationship with God. That's the first thing you need to find in life. Then you find your purpose with God in your life. That's the two main ingredients of the secret sauce of life. So whenever you find those two things, God, then your purpose with God, then you then understand why you're here and how important your life is to the whole world. So what what I have to say about what that guy that your friends with? I know what I'm here to do for. I, I know what I'm here for. So yeah. I love God and God put on my heart. He had, he blessed me with the outdoor business.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I got to have the most blessed life and to support me and, and give me something that was so unbelievable. I know that God gave that to me. So I know the source of it. So then he said, Matt, uh, your purpose in life, is to carry on the hunting tradition and to serve me and glorify me with everything that you do here on forward. So the first task he gave me after we sold our, by the way, I sold all those businesses and now I'm starting up new hunting companies. But the first task after he sold, uh, he allowed us to sell our business, he goes, Matt, I'm gonna, I'm gonna want you to, to do something that's out of the box for the internet because the internet's full of atheists. It's full yeah. of negativity. It's toxic, especially in the hunting community. You need to go on the, uh, the interwebs, and I need you to build crazy hunts. And he gave me my first one in a dream, because he, he goes, no I know, I know, <laughs> he, God gave me these, these things, in, in a dream, he goes, you need to hunt differently than everybody. You need to glorify me and promote your products that you're still going to be attached to. That's what you got to do. And here's where I know I I have, a you know, pretty concrete evidence of why I'm doing what I'm doing for good reasons. Because whenever I did the first hunt he gave me, it was basically putting a tricycle, putting a full body buck on a tricycle. Uh-huh. And I pushed this buck, a full body buck, trying to get another running buck to fight me. in a free range environment in Louisiana. And I put that out there on the internet and you know, it took 18 days to film it. A lot of people wouldn't have done that. I'm telling you, there's a lot of talk out there that it's easy to do what we do, but a lot of people give up. Mm. I did it for 18 days, pushed it five miles a day.
0: Mm.
1: Okay. And let me tell you, it sucks. It wasn't fun. It wasn't. <laughs> but then we did an 18-day edit. If you know about video editing, Hunter, which I know you know about it, but a lot of people don't know how much editing sucks.
0: <laughs> Going can't.
1: in the edit room sucks. So <laughs> by the time we built this film, we're 30 days in at least, uh, thousands of dollars in. You have to pay a camera guy Oh yeah. To follow you. You have to pay an editor. Yep. But this is where God shows up. You put that video out there of me pushing pushing a tricycle buck, trying to get a buck to fight me. 10 million views wow. on my first weird hunt. God slapped me in the face and goes, you want to listen to me now? <laughs> it, and I said, yeah, that that, wow. that was the most, we were, my production company was the most viewed hunter, hunter in the entire world that year, wow. the first year we did on Facebook. There was nobody that we could find that outdid 10 million views. So what did I get? What did God do? I got to promote the products that I was attached to, and I got to glorify him on that film. And I piqued the interest of kids that thought hunting was boring. Mm-hmm. and I And I got to lure them in with some fun stuff because hunting looks too serious. It looks too boring and it looks too monotonous. It looks too hard to do. I make it look fun. I make it look a little easier than what it is. And I get to glorify God and promote products. So tell your buddy that in five seconds or less, if you can. <laughs>
0: I'll try to condense it. Um, wh- wh- was You said there was a list of eight things. What was? Did you hit those already?
1: Or? Yeah, I got them in front of me. Uh, so this is something of why people don't understand who I am. And it's, it's something that I feel like needs to be said out there. Cause I get positive comments and I get a lot of negative comments and and I, Hey, I am a man. I own my mistakes. I own what I do wrong and I own what I do. Right. So this isn't alibis. This isn't excuses. This is the truth. And some of this stuff is out of my control. Mm-hmm. And so why people hate Matt Busbis or think positively uh, there's, it's very polarizing. First thing bait.
0: Mm. All
1: right. My family and I grew a company that revolved around selling and promoting and marketing deer feed. Right. Half of the hunters out there hate bait.
0: Yeah. It's illegal in my state of Virginia. What's that? It's illegal in Virginia, Uh, but it's legal in North Carolina.
1: Yeah. So your Virginia people probably don't like when they see a hunt with me using bait or attractants because they're like, oh, he's cheating. You know, so yeah. that's, just I'm not going to lie.
0: I have that a little bit bred into me just from growing up in Virginia. Just to be Dude, honest,
1: it, you, you are, that's, you're the perfect example. Let me get through this list, mm-hmm. but you can't help it to watch me use bait and not feel something because you're in a state it's illegal. It, it you didn't grow up doing it, you're right. supposed to feel something different and weird sure. and not like it. It's okay for you to feel those feelings, but you know what? I feel great when I use deer feed. I grew up doing it with my grandparents and my parents. Yeah, all my friends and it's part of your
0: hunting culture and tradition.
1: It's a culture that yeah. if you grow up in it, it's fine. It's perfect. It's great. Yeah, and it actually. Well, a lot of guys in
0: Virginia um, hunt with dogs. Hunt deer with dogs. And we, like, I grew up
1: doing that too. I don't yeah, mean, that's not even on my list, and people hate that. Yeah, so I grew up doing that too. But let's get to this list of eight. Sure, yeah, yeah. First one's bait. People don't like it, but I love it and I promote it. it God gave me my career in bait, uh, in deer feed, in minerals and food plots. So anyway, number two, feeders. The the hunting community hates deer feeders. Uh, half of them. I grew up using deer feeders, and now I'm even promoting a brand new feeder that I kind of invented with a I group of that. guys that are awesome. The uh, thing looks
0: cool. Because the, oh, the only thing that sucks about feeders is everyone knows the deer show up after dark.
1: Mm-hmm. And everybody that knows that deer show up after dark to eat at feeders, they wish they can have a way to shut down nighttime feeding. We figured it out. And it took us seven years and a lot of money, time, energy, and effort. Uh, but we finally have released a daytime deadfall feeder. And it, it's a, it looks like a deadfall log, and it opens mm-hmm. up during the day, and it closes at night, and it trains deer to eat during the day. A lot of people on the internet are going to hate this because they don't understand feeders. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for those who grew up with feeders, uh, they, they're they going to love this product and appreciate how much money, time, energy, and effort that it took to create something like this that's actually affordable for a hunter to even fathom to buy. because. Right. Uh, we did a lot of heavy lifting on the front end to make this decently affordable because to make something like this was a engineering feat. Uh, and it's, I didn't do it. I hired people, you know, right. and we have yeah. smarter people than me that built it. I right. just had the idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's Tectonic. That's the new hunting company that we're launching. Okay. List of three, uh, list of eight, number three, why people comment positively or negatively about matt busbus crossbows Hmm.
0: okay my family
1: (laughs) i was blessed with a company that sold crossbows and you know we we bought barnett crossbows that was out of business doors were shut my dad actually wanted to do that and i have to give him credit because whenever we bought barnett it was doing barely anything in sales and it was bankrupt out of business and we grew that company uh with a lot of marketing and hard work and good partners and good sales reps. We grew it to be over 10, 20, 30 million a year. Mm. And it blessed us. So of course I'm gonna market something that I believe in is a great thing. It not only financially is great, it's financially great for the states, for every single state. It helps young hunters get introduced into archery. Mm-hmm. It helps your wife that might exactly. not be able to pull back a bow. She bought yeah. a barnet. It, it gets her in the woods earlier. It, it lets you stay in the woods later. Archery seasons run later. Older older folks that are getting uh, less, you know, they, they can't pull back a bow. They can stay yeah. in the woods and go in the woods earlier. It's or if you're recruit- pushing
0: a full-body mounted deer.
1: Yes. It allows you to push a full-body <laughs> mounted deer and keep your hands free. Yeah. Uh, so I love crossbows because they recruit hunters and they retain hunters hmm. and the archery guys, this is the funniest thing to me. The vertical bow guys love the hate on crossbow guys, but I have to ask every vertical bow hunter. What about the recurve guys that mean they can say the same thing that you're saying yeah. vertical bow hunters say that crossbow hunters are, uh, you know, what's the female anatomy that I can say on a podcast. <laughs> I they guess say so. that. Uh, They say that crossbow hunters suck. Vertical bow hunters say crossbow hunters suck. Well, I believe recurve hunters can say that vertical bow hunters suck.
0: Yeah.
1: So, where does it end? The right. muzzleloaders loaders can say that rifle hunters suck. The <laughs> rifle hunters can say right. that the 50 caliber long range guy people suck. Mm-hmm. So the, you know we're all no- hunters. We
0: gotta like help each other and have common ground. Not like we already have enough people that want to kill hunting. Like don't try to yes. kill other people hunting if you're a hunter.
1: Yeah. So uh, uh, let's continue down the list. Uh, eight <laughs> things that trigger people about me uh, about Matt Busbis. Oh, women. Women hunting. So I I have God put on my plate to do an all-women hunting show. When we sold our business, uh, Outdoor Channel asked me, what television show would you like to do? We want to support you, hmm. uh, yada, yada, yada. I said, you know what? We don't need one more middle-aged-looking man whispering <laughs> in a tree shooting a deer. <laughs> That's the last thing we need on the Outdoor Channel. I said, you know what? even though they would do a show about me i said let's just do a show about all women and here's that's my idea. idea and uh i said you know what we're going to we're going to uh build a show that's about insta famous women that got famous for hunting on instagram hmm. but we're going to use that concept as clickbait cuz the show nobody's ever seen it Everybody on the internet has bashed it. It's called for Lover Likes. But I promise you, anybody that has ever watched it, it's about promoting women and hunting. It's promoting God. And it's a pretty entertaining show because it's got a competition element that they're cool. they gotta hunt and accumulate points. And uh they actually are feeding the hungry too. We're donating all the meat. So it's it's kind of funny that people do not like me because I promote women and hunting, because they they, I don't know why they, they, they bash women in hunting. I'm like, yeah, guys, if you don't understand the big picture, you have missed everything. Like yeah. if you think for lover likes is the worst thing ever in hunting, you haven't watched it. It's promoting women and hunting it's glorifying God and it's feeding the hungry Yeah, and, and they, and they got clickbait. The people that hate it were the, were the product of what we did on purpose we quick baited everybody and said, Hey, we're here to see if these women are here to hunt for real. Or are they doing it for the followers? They right, just yeah. took the bait. They yeah. took the bait. They never watched it. I'm like, well, probably great, it's nope. one of those
0: situations where like a few bad apples ruin the whole bunch, you know, you got a few ladies that are out there like holding a gun wrong with like, you know, a bikini on or something. But, but it,
1: why does it matter anyway? Like yeah. think about this in the grand scheme, I didn't know how to hold a gun or a crossbow correctly at first. Right. A lot of these a lot of these women that get famous on Instagram uh they might a lot of them are rookies. Right, they're, right. They're, I'm not even talking about
0: those. I'm talking about you know the ones that are obviously just trying to, you know, like uh you know, be yeah. that like you're wearing a bathing suit or whatever. But the thing is like it's gotten to the point now where it's like any woman trying to do anything hunting related, they're automatically lopped into, oh, they're just, like, shaking their booty or whatever or showing their cleavage or something. You know what
1: I mean? Yeah, it's a shame. Like, if you think about it, like, the first thing that I did when I caught my first bass, I wanted to take a picture and uh, show all my friends, you know, show my parents. And it, it hunting and fishing is is a proud thing like whenever you finally yeah. get a buck or you get a deer or you get an elk or you get a fish you catch a fish it's something that we as hunters and fishermen understand it's very it's a prideful proud thing yeah, it's a proud sure. moment and it should be celebrated and what it's turned into is a bunch of jealousy and tox toxic things on the internet they yeah. s- somehow the the negative trolls that are dedicating their free time to commenting negatively on others. It cracks me up. I've never had time in my life to uh, go comment negatively on somebody else's photo or video, unless it's a buddy of mine. And I'm trying to bust his balls. I will, <laughs> I will take time to make fun of my friends Oh sure, and uh, good fun. But there's a really good amount of uh, people out there that really think it's important for them to take their free time. Yeah to go comment negatively about somebody. Those people need to get another hobby and job. And really, I'm saying that genuinely, if you have free time to go do that, I'll hire you. Come, I got work. I got, <laughs> yeah. there, there's so many companies hiring right now. There is. Like You need to go to work and go get a job because if you have <laughs> the, the free time, man, you can, you can be helpful somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, So, do we continue this list? Yeah. Do you just want to run through it without yeah, explanation? Yeah, sure. All right, let's try to just run through it without an explanation. The, the eight things that trigger Matt Busbis comments positively and negatively. Number one was bait. Number two is feeders. Number three is crossbows. Those are all the companies that I help grow. People don't like me because of that. Women hunting. They don't like me because I promote women hunting. Uh, Number five, promote God. There's a lot of people that don't like God. I like to promote God. Uh, Oh, I hunt number seven, no, six, number six, hunt differently. I hunt differently than everybody. Nobody likes that. People want to see other people hunting how they hunt because then they feel good about watching it. Oh, I like to, like if you from Virginia, you like to watch somebody hunt in Virginia like you, but if you watch somebody hunting over a feeder in Texas, you're like, oh, that's cheating. You know, so, all right. Number uh, seven, private property. I hunt private property and I hunt public, pro- uh, yeah. public land. Well, in a lot
0: of the South, I mean, it's private Is That's it.
1: It's everywhere. You don't even really have a lot of public land, yeah. but anyway, people don't like me because I hunt public land. I mean, people don't like me because I hunt private land, Right. but I have to ask this question to every public land hunter. Cause I hunt public land some too out West and Turkey hunt public land. But like, if, if a public land hunter is out there listening and you uh, made some money or you inherited some private property or you, you already have money and you bought private land, would you hunt private land? I just have to ask that question. I, I, mean, it's a, yeah. I think it's a rhetorical question because it's the American dream to <laughs> make money or inherit land and have yeah. your own damn property. Yeah. I'm saying something that's obvious.
0: A lot so. of that's jealousy, to be honest, though. I mean, well, I understand the pride of getting it done on public land. Cause I'm a public land hunter too. Um, because, but, but uh, like if public... I had an uncle with like 7,000 acres in Montana, you bet your butt I'd be on that.
1: Well, of course you would, but you know what? Public land is tougher. I I'm not coming it from is... a place of pride. I'm saying the truth. The facts of the matter is that public land is tougher mm-hmm. and to get a, a trophy caliber animal on public land. You are a, you can consider yourself one of the better hunters because you're only as good as the land that you're hunting. That's the secret to hunting. You're only as good as the land that you're hunting. So for people to try to measure each other's hunting, uh, like ability is first off kind of, it is what we do and it's kind of tough to do, but you're only as good as the land you hunt. So if you're hunting public land and you're killing giant bucks or giant elk, congrats, because you're doing something that's tougher than most, but you know, you don't, you don't have to bash uh, Aunt Betty for shooting her first deer in Ohio at her, at her grandpappy's land. That's <laughs> private. You don't have to go and yeah in your free time and say that Aunt Betty sucks in Ohio. <laughs> uh, just, all right. Number eight. Uh, I can't help this. A lot of people still like to comment positively and negatively because of my dad. My dad had an elk incident in Wyoming uh, five years ago. He accidentally shot uh a calf elk behind a bull elk that he was shooting at Mm. uh he 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 accidentally shot another elk on his own property the game wardens were watching it and uh he expected the game warden to show up and they did show up and it was just uh the elk the the calf had expired by the time the game warden showed up and he didn't call himself in. He made a mistake. He should have called himself in, but he didn't. But the game wardens did show up, and uh, he handed them. They filmed it, and uh, I wasn't there. So a lot of people like to hate me for Mm. what my dad did. And I'm, you know, hey, I get it. I love my dad. Uh, I will stand up for my family. My dad made a mistake. He even pled guilty. So he admitted the guilt. He apologized. He paid his fine. Uh, The game warden, like I said, he watched they watched what happened and they showed up, but it was just too late. The elk had expired. My dad asked, you know, why they didn't show up quicker, but Hey, he was wrong. But people hate me for that. And I yeah. can't help it. I wasn't even there. And I'm the only yeah. buzz on social media. So they take it out, unfortunately on me, but yeah. I have to bear that cross for what my dad did. Cause he's not on social media. So, uh, so there's a lot of things that ate. That There's eight things that people don't like about me, but this is what I want to say. I know my purpose, and I know that sounds cocky. I'm not trying to be cocky, but God blessed me. He gave me the ability to make my career in the hunting uh, industry, so I have to steward my blessings. I'm trying to grow hunting, recruit more hunters and fishermen into the sport and tradition that I love. I'm trying to glorify God and I'm trying to promote products that I'm that I'm launching. I know what I'm up to. So I wake up and I and I and I pray every day and I try to ask for God's will. And I do. And, uh, And I try to hustle. But the haters will come in and try to try to stop me. And that's when the devil, the enemy attacks. And I have to put on blinders and I have to remain focused on what God's mission is for me, even though it is polarizing. Weird hunting, hunting, uh, baiting, feeders, crossbows. You start listening at my dad, private property, promoting women. I got a target on me, but that's not going to stop me from doing what I'm doing. I can't. I can't. I can't. It's just not it's not in my nature to stop what I'm doing because uh, I know what I'm up to and I know it's good and I know that I'm not trying to ruin hunting. I'm not. I'm, I know what I'm up to. I'm trying to build it. So I'm done. I'm done. That's the
0: last. <laughs> that was good, man. And you have a really cool haircut. I'm sure people like to hate on that.
1: You, you, know, you know, all right. So I, <laughs> my haircut is a mini mullet. And you know why I have it? <laughs> why? Everybody thinks because I want to be like Morgan Wallen. Uh, Not true. I lost all my hair overnight five years ago to alopecia. It's no an autoimmune disease. So I woke up, all my hair is gone in a matter of a couple months. So I had to shave my head because I looked like, you know, I, I was going through chemo, but then the hair started to come back, but the, it was still missing in patches in the backside <laughs> of my head. So I waterfalled a mullet over all my <laughs> my patches of missing hair. So it's kind of funny whenever it's kind of like the hunting world. When people hate on me, they hate on me because the surface on the surface, I'm easy to hate on. But whenever <laughs> you get into the depth of it, it's tough to kind of hate on promoting god promoting women promoting hunting yeah. What i'm up but my haircut it's easy to hate on whenever you see it because it's a <laughs> i'm a, i'm a 40 year old grown ass man with a mullet they're like dude seriously i'm like yeah and then i have to tell them the story i'm like yeah all my hair fell out out of the blue so i waterfalled a mullet they're like Oh, 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 so you could, uh, so you lost, it. it's like, kind of like.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's of, funny. Man. You have a it, mullet out of necessity.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it, <laughs> dude, and actually, the, I'm so glad it happened. Thank God he left those patches, because I love a mini mullet, dude. It's, it's kind of
0: like back in style. I, I just got back from uh, out west in Utah, Total Archery Challenge, and uh, there was definitely some mullets walking around.
1: Dude, uh, the mullet flocking is getting large. It's It's yeah. starting to to, to take a effect, but I, I don't know how, if, if I, if I'm lucky enough to grow back the hair that's missing, I might kill the mullet snippet. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I, I, I don't mind it though. Uh, and it, Hey, it, I'm, I'm launching a new American made apparel company. Cause we're, we're making our feeders in our, in the United States. We want to yeah. see manufacturing more. Uh, which is also another thing that's tough to hate on. I'm trying to bring back manufacturing to the United States, and I'm not being cocky. It's just what I'm up to. Mm-hmm. Buck feathers and every outdoor hat that every hunter is wearing, basically, every hunter and fisherman is wearing a foreign made hat on their head. And it's pretty much all crowning, Richardson. Yeah. And they're crowning themselves with a foreign made object. So, my thing is, I was like, man, if we're going to wear something on our head, like we're going to crown ourselves with something made in America. So we made buck feather hats. Nice. And our, and so my point of saying that we're making our feeders in the United States. And and uh, like if you're wearing a hat and you have a mullet, having that little flair. I've, I've been loving that little. I've never had that, you know, you get the, yeah. the little like lettuce flowing. Like w- women love that stuff. <laughs>
0: Oh, that's so, funny, man. So, how... Okay, <clears throat> so you built your company. How did you get into TV?
1: Mmm. Freaking another God thing got thrown into that. Uh, this is a, f- a quick funny story. Funny, funny story, really. That's what <laughs> my buddies and I say whenever we have to, like, set a, set something up. Funny story, really. Uh, so... uh. We've spent a lot of money to pay this TV show. I'm not gonna mention what TV show it was. Uh, so we spent a bunch of money, sent this guy, I want to say 70 to eighty thousand dollars to promote our deer feed. We mm-hmm. were making like a big bet to our deer feed company wild game was struggling. So we're like, man, if we just put it all on red and we just gamble and we like say look let's just spend the house on this marketing move to blow up our company. We were like, let's do it. So we sent this money to this TV show and the way TV works and a lot of things work with video production, you film a year in advance. Like Mm -hmm. you go hunt the whole hunting season, you film everything you need, then you edit it and you air it the following year. That's the cadence. That's the schedule. So we send all our money. This TV show guy goes around the country. We pay for everything to film all these deer being killed over our feed. Uh, and he gathered all those crucial assets and he's about to put it on his TV show a year later. And we're hoping that that just makes the phone ring, makes the internet spike, the website clicks, the sales, we're hoping. And I get a phone call, I'm the marketing guy at, at Wild Game at the time, and I'm like, hey, how's it going? She's like, not good, Matt. It's <laughs> like, what do you mean not good? He goes, well, it's a bad phone call. I got some good news and bad news. I said, okay was well I want the bad news first of course yeah. Uh, yeah everybody likes the bad news first uh because well bad news is is uh shows bankrupt Ooh. uh we, we had a hard time this year getting other sponsors y'all are one of the only ones that supported us and but we can't make it we can't pay the network because that's how TV works you right. have to pay the network sometimes yeah. to be on there
0: by the airtime we
1: were yeah so we're going bankrupt and I was like I was like, well, I guess the good news is that you're going to send us our money back and give us that footage, huh? (laughs) Oh, no, money's gone. (laughs) And I'm like, well, what the frick is the good news? (laughs) He goes, oh, good news is... You can have my show if you want to spend more money and learn how to edit and video some stuff. You can actually pay the network bill and produce and edit the show and you can have the show. <laughs> wow. And I was like, uh, dude, I don't know how to do TV. I'm not a TV guy. I'm a deer feed guy. Yeah. We, you know, we don't know how to do that. He I'll try to teach you. I was like, well, let me go talk to my dad and my brother about this so i go talk to them and they're like well yeah you got to learn how to do tv i was like wait what are you talking about me we (laughs) yeah we have to learn they're like no you're the marketing guy you went to that lsu class and produced that video once like you should know how to do this i'm like huh did you study marketing
0: in in school
1: yeah and I, i did i did have to produce a very lame video and edit it myself. That was my last college course. That's probably the only thing college taught me uh, (laughs) besides how to drink too much and party. But uh, so so the uh, that basically we were thrusted, you know, God had a plan for us. He thrusted us and by by the fire, like threw us into the fire and had had to learn how to produce TV or we would have lost the 70 or 80 grand. And that's what put us on the map you know honestly mm. when we when, I, when when we produced our first television show and it was all about our products uh the the phone the phone and the internet went nuts the it, it, the sales went nuts
0: nice and uh
1: that's god had a plan you know it, you don't see it until you're through it that's the yeah. tough part about uh having a spiritual life is that Uh, Most of the time God is really working in your tough battles and it's tough to even love him at those times and to see God in those times. But if you trust in him in the tough times uh, and you see his will through and you don't give up, you'll be able to look back and see him all over it. Uh, It's just tough to endure. And uh, we call that the workout room because whenever you go to the gym, Uh, And you work out hard. What happens? Your muscles get sore. It hurts. It's not fun, but what happens after the gym consistently going to the gym of pain and suffering, you see growth, you Mm -hmm. see development, you see the fruits. And so that, that is where you learn how God works is in the tough times. And, and so just know that if you're listening out there, that if you're in a tough season, uh try to see god through it but you don't have to all you have to do is trust Him and keep pushing forward because that's the only way to go right now in your tough season your rear view mirror and your car is very small why is that you can't navigate life with a rear view small mirror you can't look backwards it's already done you can't drive good through the rear view your windshield is huge you can only move forward so all you have to do is move forward and trust God some and you will get through it. I promise you. Day nice. by day. And you're gonna look back and you're gonna have a lot more faith in God when you get through this tough season. If you're if you're hearing me out there, world.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, that's view- the let me that- pass the collection plate. Let me pass <laughs>
1: the collection plate.
0: No, that rear view mirror thing is good. They taught us that in rehab, actually.
1: where you where did you go to rehab? <laughs> oh yeah. I didn't know. Hey, oh man, tell me some. Tell me some of your your tough seasons, oh, dude. Man. That's what makes the best testimonies.
0: Oh yeah. Well, I've I've gone over it a lot on the podcast. So I will not go too into it in detail, but basically, I was a junkie, drug addict, like on fentanyl and ADHD medicine, weed, booze, everything I get my hands on, and finally just realized I needed help and got some help and got cleaned up and so yeah that's a really it, short story
1: it didn't and I guess you obviously now I'm gonna just assume <laughs> that you believe that God helps you in the toughest parts. oh yeah for sure man okay. i definitely
0: couldn't have done it without God and um absolutely man like I don't know how I don't know how people can be good people without a relationship with God I don't know how it's possible Like, I'm barely good, and it's only because of God.
1: (laughs) Well, I believe the people that don't believe in God that are good people are tapping into the DNA that he gave us. Mm. Why is it – this is a very uh, counterintuitive thing to think about. Think about this. Why is it when a lion in the Serengeti, a juvenile male lion, is strolling the Serengeti that if he sees the opportunity to, to kill defenseless baby lion cubs he will do that and feel great about it so he can have sex and mate with a female lioness to take over the pride that lion is genetically wired to feel good about killing poor defenseless baby cubs so he can take over a pride and become the man Hmm. of the serengeti if i'm a human which is wired genetically dna wise than a lion if i go to a uh Uh, a playground and I see some kids and I go kill them so I can try to mate with the the woman. I don't think I'm going to feel good. I don't think I'm going to be able to feel proud because we feel bad as humans. We have a moral compass genetically in us. That's Mm -hmm. I believe God, Holy Spirit or whatever you call it, that we know whenever we do something right and wrong, we feel it. We're convicted by it. Every Absolutely. human on earth is. Every human on earth. It's it's so atheists that don't believe in God. You know what they do? They tap into the same DNA. Why do they help people all the time? Why are they so giving? Because mm. they have to Feels go good. tap into those endorphins. Yeah. They need to feel that that sense of goodness that's mm. already built inside of yep. them. So they tap in. So they, there is atheists out there that can make it because they constantly want to tap in to helping others because they feel good, yeah. but they're basically just living by a Christian lifestyle. Yeah. That's the only way they're going to make it. For so sure. yeah, It's just a weird, I know that that's an elaborate counterintuitive thing, but whenever you said, how do people make it without God? Well, they have to tap into what God already gave us and yeah. they, they have to lean into humanitarianism. Yep. That's the only way they get to make it. That's their. Yeah. That becomes their purpose. For sure. Uh, so anyway, I'll shut up. I to, yeah, I mean, mean
0: all this, all this like Tony Robbins and stuff, and these guys like that. um, They're basically teaching like the Book of Proverbs just without God in it, and like you can, mm. it you can live by biblical principles, not believe in God and still reap the benefits because it's just because it's not only spiritual, like these spiritual laws. Um, have physical um, mirrors just like you said with the working out in the gym that's like a physical mirror of like uh, you you're make an analogy of, of personal growth or spiritual growth it's the same as physical growth and so you can uh, put these spiritual laws into practice and benefit from them even if you divorce it from God you'll just maybe you won't be quite there or something I don't know
1: Dude, it's. I love that perspective uh, I wish more people out there really understood uh the the complexity and 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 purpose in life is is not just to wake up eat and poop you know it's (laughs) it's so much more than that because that spiritual element once you discover it for yourself like i said earlier in the podcast you can't buy it nobody can give it to you Mm -hmm. you have to just start yourself and it's tough because it's self-motivation is a is a a tough thing out there, especially in the United States. Everything's handed to us. It's given. So we're expecting maybe a relationship with God to be handed to us or given, or maybe we can Mm. go buy it or just go to a building and show up there enough. Yeah, It's not, you got to go earn it yourself. And that's what's tough. I can't, any listeners out there or people watching, I can't give it to you. You know, I can't, I want to, I can't sell you mine because it's mine. I earned it. So you have to go earn it yourself. Uh yeah. just like in the gym, nobody can give you uh, a physique. Uh your body is yours. You have to go earn it. Uh nobody you can't buy it. Well, you can buy steroids. That helps. But uh, I think that <laughs> Doesn't work new. out well in the end. Yeah. Um, um
0: so I'm assuming you know you mentioned like partying in college and stuff like that. And I think a lot of people do that stuff, but what did did you have a um you know, what brought you back to a relationship with God and and how do you practically, how do you maintain that? Because I think a lot of people actually been working on, I'm in the editing process, but I wrote a book about this. It's a spiritual fitness program, but I think a lot of people want to grow spiritually, but don't know how, or were never taught, or it's some weird ethereal idea, but there's actually stuff you can do. How do you, you know, how do you put God first? How do you earn it?
1: that's a great question uh so how do you earn it it's not hard uh but it's complex so the way it, the way for me is simple okay i never abandoned god but i felt like i was like a lot of the people out there uh that We're just not into God a lot, not a real relationship, kind of went through the motions, going to church occasionally, praying occasionally, thinking he's real, but questioning also that he's not real, which is so human nature because we, if you think about it, God gave us a complex brain to question his own existence. Mm. So we're supposed to actually question God. So if you're listening or watching, you're doing right by questioning God. You should, because your brain is intelligent enough to do so. And in fact, God made humans, uh, you, you know, think about it. God is love. So he wanted to therefore feel love in return. So how does he feel love? He created the earth. So then he created a bunch of animals. Well, he wasn't feeling the love back. So then he doubled down and created humans on the sixth day and, Humans were created with free will and a complex brain to question God and to be able to to not love God because that's the only true way God can feel love is to have people that choose not to love them or to have people choose to love them. Mm -hmm. And so like a girl, like if I was interested in a girl and she says no to liking me back and loving me back, I know what it feels like not to feel love versus whenever I hear a girl say, I love you, and, it, it, you know, I know what it, it feels to feel love. Mm-hmm. God wanted that same stuff. So to build a relationship with him, you first off have to uh, start acknowledging that there is a creator and just let that sink in. Like, is there Did two rocks form on in, in space and hit and form us with a complex brain to question the existence of God? Is that that's tough to believe. So you have to start questioning what schools taught you. And, uh, you know, growing up around any atheist that taught you anything that there's not a creator question, all those things. Then if you think it's easy to believe, yeah, there's a creator. I believe it's very easy to, to swallow that pill that there's a creator that formed us. So then how do you develop a relationship with God? Uh, well, for me, it's, uh, how do I form a relationship with a girl? If I want to get to know a girl. I got to text her. I got to Snapchatter. her. I got to comment on her photos. I got to slide into the DMs. I got to talk, call her on the phone. I got to take her to dinner. I got to eat with her. I got to talk to her. I got to cry with her. I got to laugh with her. So it's the same thing with God. I got to listen to music with her. Like, you know, if you think about it, God just, first off, have a conversation with him. First off, think about him. That's something. Then you have to start having a conversation with them. That's uh, something to do called prayer or meditation, if you will. But just uh, then spending time with them, uh, talking to them, spending time with them, uh, listening to music, starting to listen music with them in your car. Uh, you know, then gathering around people that that, that like to talk about God or want to talk about God. That's a way to get to know God because you're going to hear uh, other people's stories and and their their interesting relationship, their unique relationship with God. Uh, so you start to kind of tap into easy things that that are centered around God. Then you'll start to understand and, and earn your relationship with God. And notice how I didn't say go to church. I think it's very important to go to church at some point and and find a church that's teaching the bible uh uh in fact i i the way i found a church is i followed a hot, I had a very hot girl working for me <laughs> and uh and she was beautiful and such a sweet girl and they say don't ever mess around with your employees i i was like you know for me what well I like the girl, why can't? Why can't I yeah. try to take her on a date? Like, yeah. like who's to tell me I can't do it? I you know, if I like the girl, I can't help but she works for me. Yeah. Uh but uh long story short, I followed her, meaning not 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 like a stalker, but I <laughs> not I like Stegosaurus. I asked, her, <laughs> I asked her to like, "Hey, where do you go to church? You seem to like God a lot." And I wasn't really into God at the time a lot. I, a lot you know, I was just half she goes, oh, I go to this church over here off Highland Road. And I said, oh, I might go. She's like, yeah, come on. I, we can sit. We can sit by each other if you come. I was like, I'll go. I, I go there. My seat had gotten taken because I was late. So I sat by myself. And then uh, that church really was awesome. Uh, the message really spoke to my heart. And so for whatever reason, I found myself crying in the parking lot after. And, and that's when I knew God was kind of real because – Why would I cry for fun? I was in my car by myself. I'm a man that is a very fun guy. I like to have a lot of fun. Why on earth would I take my free time by myself in my car, be crying if God isn't real? Like it spoke to me that God was real. So the answer to the question is you have to go start spending time with God. And then you did, you know, try to, church hunt i call it church hunting pop into a couple different churches yeah. don't be expecting the first one to speak to you and the message to grab you this isn't magic this is yeah. something that takes a while that you earn now it could happen like that it could happen yeah, god can sure. change things on a dime uh but yeah that's that's the way to start uh and cool. you know talk to people that you like that love god like don't go talk to the freaking nerd that's screaming at people on the street saying (laughs) you're going to hell yeah to start don't start with just talk to somebody you think is cool that you know loves god start there and just say hey can we can we visit about god together i'm i'm curious about him
0: cool that's good man um that was all good stuff man i do are you doing okay on time
1: uh yeah i think but I think, I think just for everybody's sake, we have to cut me off, you know? Yeah. Like (laughs) I do want to ask you a
0: little bit about, um, some hunting stuff, but then we we don't have to go much longer. Um, so tell me, okay. We were just talking earlier about the differences between like Western hunting culture and, and Southern kind of hunting culture. Like, um, I know you've done some Western hunting, and I I know like that, the one that I found you on was, was a mule deer. So that's had to be somewhere semi out West. Um, what, what was, what's your experience been like uh, hunting out West and, um, and why do some of these, like, like we already kind of touched on why, but um, you know, I guess, you know, maybe more explicitly, why do some of these kind of, as you've said before, weird hunts?
1: Why do I do the weird hunts?
0: Yeah. But also, like, you know, what's your, what's, what's it been like going from the South to hunt, not West?
1: So you're, you're Western versus <laughs> Southern hunting. This is the picture that triggered a lot of Western people uh, that's saying I'm trying to ruin hunting. Okay. Yep. First off, the Native Americans or Indians, they did this hunting tactic well before me. And if you're uh, just
0: listening, he's wearing a taxidermied mule deer head as a helmet, and he stalked up on a mule deer buck and shot it with a crossbow.
1: Yeah. So everybody knows if you're stalking mule deer, that if you, if you, uh, coming in on a bedded mule deer and trying to get close in the archery range, I find if they, as soon as they hear you or smell you, they jump up and leave and do the mule deer prou- pounce or the, mm-hmm. they'll run. I wanted to be able to, stalk up close in the archery range, and I figured, how do I get them not to run or jump up and leave real quick? That'll allow me enough time uh, to get a shot. Well, yeah. I just borrowed an old tactic from the the, the good old Indians, and uh, they used this tactic because I think that's what that's what it was for. If you can find a bedded muley and dress up like a deer, probably on private land. I wouldn't recommend in public land, but if <laughs> yeah. you could probably get away with it, but I don't. I'm not going to recommend to do it on public. Uh, we were bordering public land, but it was archery season. Yeah. So I was willing to risk it because I didn't think an archer would shoot me. You know, if those during yeah. rifle season, I wouldn't recommend doing this even yeah. on private land, uh, you know, but during archery season. So I paid it. I, I met a guy at a bar that referred me to a quasi taxidermist to build the taxidermy head, like, cause I needed a lightweight helmet ahead yeah and it took it took us three days i spent time at his house uh with his granddaughters his grandchildren and his wife and his, you know I, I was in their house forever like i became a part of the family and we built finally something that i could wear that w- wasn't so heavy that i can walk mm-hmm. uh then i took a mule deer hide and made a jacket and so i basically had a pretty good looking mule deer costume and uh and, uh, you know, on the last day of the hunt, we had to fly out the next day, uh, the last day of the hunt, we were about to call it a morning and I spotted out the corner of my eye, a mule deer bed down. Like I didn't even see the mule deer except when he moved to bed yeah. down and I, and I, and I threw down the glasses I looked at my cameraman and I said, I just saw a pretty good buck bed down. He goes, shut up. You're lying. I said, no, I swear to God, I, I see him. I know exactly where he is. And he goes, where? I mean, it was crazy how we spotted him. But uh, so we drop in and we, you know how it is. You, you, you don't know where they are. Once you make a couple semicircles yeah. and you go a few hundred yards and you don't know where the mule deer's is bedded versus you, that's where the vulnerable part of stalking muleys is. Uh there's some States that are legal where you can get guided in electronically with ear uh, mm-hmm. pieces, yeah. uh, but we didn't have that. So, you know, that's where the mule deer costume came in great. Cause by the time I felt like we were near him, he had spotted us or could have spotted us. And I, I was able to just quietly go at him. And by the time he spotted us, I was already 65 yards. Nice. And I was using a Barnett crossbow, which everybody will say is not hunting. But, uh, <laughs> you know, here we go again. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, uh, so I'm using a crossbow. And that thing's awesome at 65 yards. I practice at 65. I'm good at 65. Uh, and he's he didn't run. He saw me. He saw a deer then. Yeah. He saw a mule deer buck easing in. And so all he did is slowly stand up and he just stood broadside yeah. <laughs> and he looked at me and I was on my knee propped and dude, it was windy as hell. And I, and I just had to settle in and let, let the, the, the crosshairs get, and you'll see it. I had one of those cameras that films through the scope. Yeah. You, you'll see, right. Whenever I squeeze a trigger, I had to use like the third pin cause I had to lob at 65 yards, but I was in the wind and, uh, we freaking pummeled them, double lunged them. But it's one of the things in high winds when archery hunting to consider is uh, your arrow. Uh, Barnett just launched a very narrow diameter arrow. Mm-hmm. I want archery hunters to test this. I believe a smaller diameter arrow catches less wind drift. I've heard and, that. And it, and it flies straighter. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of guys shoot y'all...
0: those micro shafts now.
1: Yeah. And, and they penetrate much better. So what's yeah. the point of archery hunting is to get pass throughs. you're trying to kill the animal. So I believe there's something there in a smaller diameter arrow. And I think Barnett is the only crossbow company that offers the micro small diameter arrows. And, you know, it's, it. you'll see the video go, uh, we're, we're editing that, uh, soon and we'll put it on YouTube or whatever. We'll put it on the internet, but, uh. Yeah. You'll see the whole hunt take place, uh, and yet the haters will say I'm trying to ruin hunting. But yeah, I'm just- but I mean,
0: I've seen a lot of guys on Kodiak use the little deer helmet things. You know, a lot of guys use those like Ultimate Predator, like um, cow or even antelope. It's it's not any different. It's just took I, it a little, it's a little further.
1: I just uh, I I'll go back to if you're not hunting just like they do on the same land that they hunt, they don't like you. That's just what the trolls wake up and think anybody that's different doing it different. uh, You know, the, it, 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 it's a never ending war when it comes to the social media hemisphere, the atmosphere there with hunters versus hunters. And my goal is to change that. That's why I agreed to do a podcast to let me explain some things that could enlighten people uh, out there that could be listening is, it's toxic, and we need to kind of stop the whole jealousy, hate, trolling of other hunters. And, uh, hey, why don't you meet them at a, a coffee shop or a bar and talk about it in person instead of just assuming all the things that you're assuming and, yeah. and being so freaking toxic? Uh Anyway, For yeah, sure. that's... For sure. Yeah, like I said
0: before, we got enough people trying to shut hunting down. We don't need to be shutting each other down, um, so... Yeah, man. Um, I feel like we could talk for, for hours. Maybe I'll have you back on sometime if you got time. But um, do you want I know you got stuff to do. So, but any just like closing thoughts or like where can people find you if they want to see some more of the cool stuff you're doing, or the stuff that they hate that you're doing? Yeah, <laughs> it's
1: I, hey, I I take both. I really do. I play on both sides of the aisles. Haters and lovers are welcome on the internet because they pay they help pay my bills. Like it's expensive to launch companies. It's expensive to produce these crazy weird videos. Uh, I wish it was free. Nobody's paying me to do it. So, uh, I do this all for the love of, uh, hunting. I do it all for the love of fishing. I love of outdoors. the love of tradition, uh, the, the the passion to want to carry it on. I do it for the the glory of God. I do it to promote my businesses. So if you want to go check out our weird stuff, uh, it's mostly going to be on youtube uh viral outdoors is really our main page on youtube viral outdoors uh and then uh matt Buzzbus has uh got a lot of that content posted on the instagram or the facebook or the TikTok or the whatever the twitter matt Buzzbus is one word uh m-a-t-t-b as in boy u-s-b as in boy i-c-e uh so this y'all follow find me there if you take a look take a gander it's it's i will say with confidence it's like nothing you will see on anybody's page <laughs> yeah. uh that's that's something i can commit to
0: yeah man yeah i i mean i i think it's i think it's fun stuff so anyway man um good talking to you appreciate your time and um glad we could get a good get time to uh to catch up man
1: yeah, this has been one of the longest podcasts I've ever done. Very impromptu. Very <laughs> thankful for the opportunity to be on it. I love what your mission is, uh, Hunter. Uh, I know we didn't get to dive into your testimony, but I look Sorry. forward to, to learning more about it and what your what God has willed into your life. And yeah, uh, I, I think it's it's a positive thing what you're doing. And I'm I'd, I'd like to see your podcast grow. So any which way that i can help uh facilitate and help grow your deal you know with you know maybe we take some snippets of this and put it all over the social media pages we have for sure so
0: maybe we can team up some time for an adventure one day
1: yeah for sure as long as you're ready for some weird (laughs) outings you know
0: the weirdest thing i've done is shoot a whitetail from in a ditch but um i'm down
1: did you get it on film
0: I didn't. It was just. It was a spot. There was. It was like you know those like swampy spots where there's just no trees and it's just flat as a pancake. But there was ditches, and I was like, man, I bet I could get in a ditch and shoot one. And I did. Dang it! I, I need it
1: on film for our TV show. <laughs> I do. I didn't think that was
0: weird enough for you. I thought that was like plain no, Jane. No, I-
1: our show Vire outdoors is like the redneck version of ridiculousness it's on outdoor channel <laughs> and uh I look I love when people send me some really unique hunts like a ditch hunt is great okay. like like I'm and if you know if any listeners are out there if y'all have any cool hunts that can be featured on Vire outdoors our television show uh send it to our Vire outdoors uh inbox on instagram or you know or on Facebook or whatever uh, we'll reply. We're, we're always looking for help uh, featuring you guys hunting out there because that's what we're promoting is everybody hunting any which way you hunt. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, and uh, that's, that's been a fun show to steward. God is blessed us. one of the coolest hunting shows because it's about y'all. It's about everybody. It's not yeah. about somebody that has an ego on outdoor channel. It's, it's <laughs> about the people that love this stuff as much as we do. So,
0: yeah. uh, Another one I love is your paddleboard hunts. Those are great, dude.
1: <laughs> oh, I <laughs> I love
0: I love the idea of like getting inventive and like you know hunting in new ways. You know, I think it's cool.
1: We're doing a paddleboard hunt this winter when the snakes start to hibernate. I'm mm. gonna, uh, you know, that new feeder is the daytime deadfall feeder. It looks yeah. like a, a log. Right. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make a paddleboard look like our feeder and get in it so it looks like a floating log, <laughs> and so That's I'm awesome. gonna hunt. You know, put a lot of time into killing a deer from a floating log paddleboard. Yeah. So I know they le-
0: I know that for waterfowl, sink boxes are illegal. But could you deer hunt from a sink box?
1: Um, I don't see why not. I mean, of course we have to you know what a sink boxes, right? Laws. Wait, you know what's funny? I literally pay people to research laws and like before i do things uh because a lot of my stuff just tends to get you know talked about and chattered about and i'm not trying to break any law so yeah but i'm glad if you bring if you think of any ideas or if anybody listening that's a crazy good legal idea let me know i i literally write them down and put them on a list i have to go execute and literally do uh because it Remember this, I'll close with this. Uh, and I'll, I got a phone call. Uh, if I went away, I'll end with this. Uh, and this isn't a God thing. This is just an to better yourself kind of thing. An idea is just an idea. An idea that is written down becomes uh, a plan. A plan becomes actionable If you execute an actionable plan, you can actually do something. That means that you're actually doing something. And if you do so, do something that becomes a product or a characteristic that actually can project you. So the whole point of how to better yourself is to never neglect your ideas. Mm. Your ideas are something that God gives you. So they're your ideas. But do you write them down? Do you do you write down your ideas? Yeah, a, a lot of I, people don't. Yeah. <laughs> and if and if God gives you an idea, he gave it to you. I write them down. You know why? Thoughts become actions. Mm-hmm. Actions become habits. Habits become your character. Character determines your destiny. So, do not neglect your thoughts and your dreams. Do not write them down. And see if you can execute some of those. Because a lot of people don't even do that. And you can better yourself by just not neglecting your own ideas and your own dreams.
0: That's good, man. I like it. Good way to end it. Let's uh, right. let's stay in touch, man.
1: All right, guy. Well, right. Hunter, it's been a pleasure. I'm out. I'm going to call right, this dude back that paused our podcast. Yeah.
0: All right, All man. Right, later. Take it easy.